This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing. This recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited. Hello and welcome to A Word Fitly Spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. Everybody, this is Stan and Carl here with a word fitly spoken, and today with one of our best friends here at uh, Winds Baptist Church, it's our brother Jason Harris. Jason, I'm so glad you're here today, man. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, it's great. You, um, you and I really got to know each other through Emmaus, and we'll probably talk about that later. But why don't you just give us a little background? When did you come to know Jesus as your Savior? I grew up in a Methodist church, Mm -hmm. um, and the quote unquote first time was during confirmation. Uh, Methodist Church, you're baptized as a baby, and then for confirmation, 12, 13 years old, yeah. you take a class, and then in front of the church, the pastor asks you, do you believe? And right. of course, everybody says yes. And I always believed that there was a God. My first real true test of faith came when my grandfather passed. He mm-hmm. was somebody really close to me. Well, how old were you then, do you? Remember? 13, 14, okay. just before going freshman year of high school. Oh. I just couldn't understand you know, somebody that good passing. Right. And nobody could really answer the questions I had. Still stayed in church up until graduating high school. Then a bunch of friends went off to school. And even at this point, I still believed. Like, there was no question that there was a God. Joined the volunteer fire department because all my friends were basically away at college. Met some new friends and... For a couple years, pretty much stayed the same guy. Then some friends, some that I'm still friends with today and some that I'm not, Mm -hmm. realized that when I started drinking, I loosened up a little bit. Yeah. So they would feed me drinks at parties or clubs or whatever, you know, bring me out of my shell. Well, that pretty much started the downward spiral for me. Did about 10 years hard drinking. So you started when you were, what, 16 with the drinking? Uh, not serious drinking started about 21, 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Up until that point, you know, it'd be a beer here, beer there. And, of course, during this time, you're not going to church. That I'm is, not. I, when your grandfather passed at 14, you just kind of slipped away from that, right? Well, I stayed in church even after he passed. Okay. Uh, up until I graduated high school because right. a lot of my friends were there. I stayed but when I graduated, I had, it was from graduation until I came back to Winds, mm-hmm. other than going to like Christmas service or, or something like that. I didn't step a foot in church. So you didn't have those influences helping you away from drinking and all of that? No. It was really, I've got to be a part of the crowd. Right. For me, the drinking was to bury pain. Family stuff, 
right. personal stuff. And when I would drink, it got to a point where it went from fun-loving to raging. Mm-hmm. So that was when all the emotions I had would build up, and I would basically lash out at anybody. It right. didn't matter who you are. I'd fight you, cuss you, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was doing it. Yeah. About 10 years of that, during that process, met someone, mm-hmm. and then we broke up, and a couple of months later, saw her out at a bar, everything came rushing back, decided to drink, decided to drive home drunk, which wasn't the first time, Yeah. and only by God's grace, I didn't kill anybody or myself. Got busted, DUI, and I got clean, but even then, part of me knew there was still a God, but I questioned the church. Right. Like, I wasn't a fan of organized religion. Right. Like, for me, it was, I looked at it like a bunch of hypocrites. Mm. They were acting one way within the four walls of the church, but I knew a lot of them outside of the church, mm. and it was a completely different thing. Yeah. But I had quit drinking. Family made sure I stayed quit. My sister pretty much told me, if you ever want to see your nephews, you won't do it again. Yeah. And for me, family is very personal and no, very close. Very, very much so. So for me, it was a no-brainer, family or the drink. Yeah, That was my rock bottom. Uh, it's been 12 years, the same age as my nephew. That's how I know how long I've been sober. Yeah, But I wasn't angry sober. Right. What that means is I was sober, but I wasn't happy. Then Melissa, my sister, and my brother-in-law started coming here to wins with their kids mm-hmm. and they invited me. I'd be here off and on. I'd just do service and then pretty much in my trucking gone. Right. And then one day, through God using not only my sister, but my youngest nephew, uh, he looks up at me one day and goes, Uncle Jay, I want to see you in heaven. Well, at that point, how are you going to argue with a three-year-old? He <laughs> <laughs> looks up and says, I want to see you in heaven. The wisdom of children. Right. So I started coming, and I actually started coming with an open heart. You know, yeah. all right, I'm going to give this an honest try. Yeah. Since I did that, it seemed like every message Pastor Jeff was given was being spoken right to me. Like, there was nobody else in the room. It was just a one-on-one conversation. Well, I, you know he, he's got, like, spies that do nothing but spy on all of us. <laughs> so that right. he could come up with a sermon, sermon right. and just stomp on a toe. Right. Or no, brother, I right. know what you mean. And, you know, and those, that's God working through so many people in your life. Your sister, you know... Making the comments she made, it was exactly what you needed to hear at that mm-hmm. moment to straighten you out, right? Yes, sir. You know, and now this three-year-old little boy who you adore mm-hmm. with all your heart and soul, God uses him. Yes, sir. And now the pastor. Right. And you were able to overcome something that there are people that spend lifetime right. trying to, to eliminate. Yeah, And even with that, even coming to the services and listening to that, still at that point... I didn't want to commit to the church, right. and I didn't want to commit to really anything else. And I uh, started going to Sunday school, and uh, there were two key events that actually led me back to basically a reaffirmation, so to speak. Mm-hmm. One, I'm not going to talk about. The other is was doing a Sunday school class that was here. Got a phone call from my mom. Long story short, my reaction to what my mom had told me about with my biological father mm-hmm made me realize I hadn't forgiven him like I thought I would, and there was still a lot of hate there. Oh, yeah. So prayed about it with a gentleman that was here at the time. The following Sunday was actually Mother's Day, and I walked up to the front of the church to Pastor Jeff, saying I want to rededicate myself to the Lord. 
and I was baptized the following Sunday. Uh, How but long ago was that? Six years ago, five, okay. six so years about, ago. About the time I first met you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and even then, like I rededicated myself, and I was here every Sunday, church, Sunday school, church, Sunday school. Went through two different Sunday school classes. One was they were just about to leave. That's when Wins was planning church on the avenue. Mm -hmm. And then did a singles class with Dean Martin. And then I got introduced to Scott Savager's class. Mm -hmm. For me, and I tell him this every time, I kind of love and hate the day I walked into his classroom. Because <laughs> uh, that pretty much changed everything for me from not only believing, but following what I was believing. Not only with the church, but getting involved with more people here and stepping out of my, you know, quote-unquote comfort zones. And the combination of the baptism and that class was when I really truly started coming back. But I'm still on that path, you know, and I'll never get there 100%. Just, we're humans. Yeah. And, you know, I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly growing. Well, you are also doing some things, at least that I've witnessed, because you and I have a lot that we've shared. You're putting people around you in your life to help you stay on that road. Scott Savasia, for example, the, your Sunday school teacher, who's just a, a, a good man here at this church and someone that we've we'll be talk, hoping to talk to in the near future. Yeah. But you, you're putting people in your life to help you stay on that road. I'm one of them. You and yeah. I talk yeah. all the time. Actually, you pull me aside from time to time to say, hey, what's going on? Right. You know, yeah. And I know what you mean about the forgiveness part. You know the story I've had, you know, trying to forgive my parents because you, you, you and I both had to, had to deal with those issues. And you're showing how you were able to overcome, you know, your struggles with something like alcohol and everything. And it, it really is God that's pulling you out of that. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's that's incredible. That's a, it's a, a huge testimony just in that respect alone. Um, you, but you don't have that desire anymore to go back uh, to the old life. Desire to go back to the old life? No. The desire to drink, it's not as prevalent. Mm -hmm. As it used to be, but there are still days where you after work or after something really goes wrong that the thought will pop in my head, hey, let me stop by the ABC store, get a bottle of Jack. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. Yeah. There's no way around it. You know, mm -hmm. that's who I, not who I am, but. It's what you became because right, of that. Right. Yeah. But because of that, I know where and when I can be somewhere and right. where and when I can't be somewhere. But as far as the constant urge of, I got to have a drink today, no. When the urges do come, they're so far and few in between. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what the warning signs are. And like you said, that's why I surround myself with people who I know I can trust. That's right. Luckily, not, you know, not, knock on wood, you know, I haven't had that strong of an urge in a very, very long time. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think that's one of the things that's really important for people to understand we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all have our traps, whatever it might be. I've got a ton of them. A lot of places where I make mistakes, but there are times I need to pick up that phone. I need to give you a call or call Carl, and, you know, and to, to get my head back where it needs to be. That's why going to church is a big deal. It's, yes, you're getting fed from the, from the message in the pulpit, but you're also getting that brotherly support from the Christian brothers and sisters around you. Oh, yes, and you, you need that. you got to develop those relationships, right? Yeah, you have to, but as far as the brotherly support goes, yeah. you know, you need to have those same kind of interests. Like here at Wins, there's a wide variety of men who come here. You know, I'm friends with a lot of them, but there's some that I'm close to just because of past life experiences. Yeah. 
you know, and it takes a while to build those relationships. Up. It, it does. I'm not a naturally sociable person. I'm just not that guy. Yeah, okay. You know, yeah. like doing this today. Yeah. If you would have asked me to do this three years ago, I would have said, eh, I got other things I got to do. Yeah. But it's, like I said before, it's part of that growth. Then, then why are you doing it? Is it because you're getting, this is a way to get your message out because you're not a natural? No, I'm doing it because God wants me to do it. I'm not go. doing it, you know, this is not a me thing. If it was a me thing, yeah. I'd be at home right now watching college football. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, I wouldn't be sitting in this room with a microphone talking to two guys about God in my test. No. no. no I'd be at home, you know, on the couch, you know, eating chips and watching, co- you know, like I said, watching there college football. Yeah. No, this isn't a this me is a thing. thing. This is a God thing, you know? Yeah. Because if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be doing this. I never would have stepped foot on a plane, but now, I'm, not only have I stepped foot on a plane, I've gone to Nicaragua four times, I've gone to Israel twice. Yeah. So it's it's not me. It's God's doing all of this through me, and it's blessed me in ways that I can never pay anybody back. There's no way in this world I'll ever be able to pay them back. Well, you're not. you don't have to pay them back. No, I don't. That's you're the right. Thing. They're, yeah, they're doing it for the same reasons you're doing it. You're, you're doing it for God. Right. You know, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them. It's God. So let, let's let's shift gears now. You yeah. talked about getting on a plane, going to Nicaragua. You talked about going to Israel. So tell me about Nicaragua, because you've been on a uh, couple of mission trips here. Uh, Nicaragua, we uh, through Wiz, we sponsor a pastor down there. Really great guy. Oddly enough, it's one of those God things. Like when I first started coming to Wiz, I happened to notice in one of the pamphlets. There was going to be a group going down there. I was like, man, that sounds kind of cool, but really didn't think anything of it. Did my first trip with people. I had no clue who they were. Right. You know, but I felt like, all right, this is the right thing. I got to do it. Because God, especially in the beginning, I was a two-by-four guy, mm-hmm. which means I didn't listen to the subtle messages. <laughs> you know, it pretty much took him taking a two-by-four upside my head for me to listen. <laughs> yeah. And so I went on my first trip. And it's been a blessing to me and to, I think more so for me than it has been for them. We've helped uh, grow two churches there, not only through financial means, but for actually being there. Yeah. And have made really good friends out of it. Sure. From a win standpoint that I'm still really good friends with today and from the Nicaraguan standpoint that I'm in contact with once or twice every month. We stay in contact and he knows if he needs anything. Yeah. I'm there, and it's a place that I love dearly, and the pastor knows if he needs me, all mm-hmm. he's got to do is call and, yeah. you know, hey, brother, I got this problem. How can you help me out? And that first trip, some things happened on that first trip that justified to me why I needed to be there. And even after that, with the way God works, is I get back, and I think that was also my first year. There's a organization out there called Awana which stands for Approved Workmen or Not Ashamed, 2 Timothy 2.15. And basically what it is, it's the kids come on a Wednesday night, they play games, but they also study Bible verses. And it's a weekly thing from September to end of May. And I was a table leader for the kids. That's how I started. Loved it. Then the commander at the time and his wife, they were moving. Great guy. He was a great commander. I still love him to this day. He's oh, yeah. not only a church brother, but he's an amazed brother as well. And they were looking for a new commander. And I kept being told, hey, you know, you need to do this. You'd be really good. Nope. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine with being you at the table. You want to stay in your comfort zone. <laughs> you know, I'm fine at the table. And a month goes by. They still haven't found anybody. Even family started getting involved in it. You've worked with kids before, you know. 
you're really good with them. You should do it. I'm like, no, 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 not doing it. <laughs> and then finally, I was like, all right, people are telling me I need to do this. I'm going to pray on it. And I prayed on it. And, you know, I've never said this part out loud before, but I prayed to God. I was like, this is something you want me to do. And this was like two weeks before the end of the month. I was like, if they don't have anybody within the next two weeks, and this is what you want me to do, and nobody is filled in that spot, you know, and it's not really good to give God an ultimatum. <laughs> yeah, it's not you know, a good I'm, idea. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those, don't pray, you know, don't pray for patience, because he's going to throw everything at you so yeah. you can achieve patience on your own. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, if this is something you really want me to do, you know, and I prayed on it every day, two weeks straight. Is this what you want me to do? It, and sure enough, two weeks into it, Nobody did it. I'm like, right. <laughs> and so I told him I'd be the commander. And I did it for two years. And honestly, I'd still be doing it now. But unfortunately, I had to step down for a year. Cause, you got a lot going on. Yeah, just life gets in the way. Yeah. Not only life, but... But sometimes that's God says, okay, you've done this. I needed you to do this because I'm preparing you for something else. Right. For the next thing. And who knows what that next thing's going to be. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, God's got an amazing plan. And the important thing is live it. For me, I find it's easier to listen in the quiet moments. Yeah. Whatever your place is. My place is taking a walk with music in my head. Sometimes that's my quiet place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes my quiet place is sitting at a picnic table and not doing anything. And You know, you got to be willing to listen and quiet yourself and take that time to listen all right what are you telling me and yeah. you'll be amazed what you can hear and what comes out of that. what comes out and it might not be anything and that's okay too it's not air timetable it's his you know and i still have questions i'm still trying to figure out but god's got a plan right now. It, it's that searching for discernment that gets most people mm. uh, no, it's how do you find that sometimes it's Sometimes the answer is going to come to a sermon that Pastor Jeff preaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it'll come from a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it comes from your own Bible study. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's during those quiet times that mm-hmm. you're talking about. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So tell me about Emmaus. Emmaus is based off the walk to Emmaus. Three men walk into Emmaus, and Jesus comes up and walks along beside them. But they don't realize it's him until after he's gone. Right. And that's what it's named after. Right. And mm-hmm. it's to lead you to... A better relationship with Jesus. And for me, it was a very emotional experience. And it's a very large, loving community. It's not your church, but it's a family. Right. This isn't about teaching some other church's doctrine. It's all about Christ and how Christ has changed your life. That helps rekindle that flame that's that's there, that God put there. For me, it's another affirmation that I was on the right path. And I was able to reaffirm faith in myself. And the things I needed to change in my life. Not only that, but for me, it helped me realize church is not a building. Church is its people. Right. You know, you're coming to a building to fellowship with God. To me, that's what the church is. That's right. In order to really be a church, you have to be willing to, you know, as a church, go out into the community to reach out to people. And, you know, this is one of the things I'm growing in because yeah. I'm the world's worst. But you have to be willing to make that step to go out into community bring people into your church and you know with wins i feel blessed there is a large number of people here willing to go out there and do that and you you and i have taken play, uh, part in a few outreach opportunities uh with other churches we've actually heard a church where the pastor themselves we were trying to help them grow remember mm-hmm. and we told the pastor well you know you've got to get people out there to reach out and to lead people down the roman road mm-hmm. 
Can you remember what he said? I've never heard these words come out of the pastor's mouth before, but yeah. what really floored me was he didn't know what the Roman road was. And he's the pastor. And he's the, not only the pastor, but he teaches other people at a biblical college. Yeah. And that's what killed me. For those who don't know, the Roman road is going through Romans. It's a step-by-step path to coming to salvation, to right. coming to Christ. You know, we're all sinners, you know, because we're sinners, the wages of those sins is death, but there's a gift, and that's the, the gift of God yeah, right. that comes to Jesus Christ. And of course, we, we get them on that path and we start talking about that. The point being is that we've been able to be able to reach out together. We've knocked on doors together. We've, we've, we've told people about Christ. We're trying to teach other churches how to do that. Not all churches have that outreach or that desire to actually fulfill the Great Commission. And for those who don't know the Great Commission, that's to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28. So when we are here at Winds and we see other brothers and sisters doing those same things, we become strengthened, revived, and ready to get out and just tell the world. That's why we do the podcast, is to give people like you the opportunity to tell your story, to tell the world about what God's doing in this real small little part of Virginia. You know, that God does reside even here, you know, and here's what he's doing. You have been an inspiration for me since I first met you. Thank you. And I think it's I think it's just fantastic how God's using you and how you're allowing God to use you. And I know that as people have an opportunity to listen to this interview and to listen to this testimony that you've given, uh, I know that they're going to be as equally blessed by I thank you for the time. Brother, this was fantastic. Thank you for listening to us today. And to our guest, Jason Harris, man, that was truly inspiring. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or stories that you would like to share with us, email us at wordfitlyspoken at outlook.com. And as you go through your week, uh, fellow Christians, please remember Proverbs 25.11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Have a blessed day.